1: Joe Biden laughs off the Nashville tragedy, sorority sisters in Wyoming push back against the trans woke joke, and yet another major company sells out to the Rainbow Mafia. You know, it's been a hell of a week for losers, and I'm about to name my top three. Then, our American values, heck, even just basic decency is under attack, and they're coming for your kids first. I've got actor and author Kirk Cameron on deck with his reaction. Next. I flip and hate TikTok, but the TikTok ban legislation is equally concerning. But I've got Florida Congresswoman Kat Kamick here with the latest. Last, you know I have some final thoughts. It all starts now. This week has been a cluster, a disaster, and a true testament to the derangement that is liberalism. The way the Democrats, the media, and members of the radical Rainbow Mafia have been able to twist, pervert, and flat-out lie about the tragedy in Nashville to fit their sick agenda is appalling and a new low. Which leads me to my selections for losers of the week. Not long after the news broke about the devastating Christian school shooting right here in Nashville, Tennessee, our president and the leader of the free world had this to say
2: my name is joe biden i'm dr joe biden's husband and i ate jenny's ice cream chocolate chip i came down because i heard there was chocolate chip ice cream by the way i have a whole refrigerator full upstairs i think i'm kidding i'm not god it's delight to have you all here and who are those good-looking kids back there are your kids all four
1: of them well stand up guys Joking about ice cream and good looking kids? Three children under the age of 10 were just slaughtered by a trans person, and that's your response? Your demeanor, your flavor of leadership in the immediate wake of tragedy? I'm sickened, and as an Ashvillian, I'm even more repulsed. But folks, it didn't end there. A day later, when confronted with the reality of Christians, something he proclaims to be being targeted, this was his response. Do
3: you believe that- <laughs>
2: I have no idea. I totally they were. What do you, you saying about that? Yeah. Well, I probably don't
1: that. <laughs> no, no, I have no idea. You know, Joe says a lot of stupid things like a lot, and sometimes the things he says are so discombobulated they're funny. But to laugh when asked about the slaughter of Christian school children, that's low, even for Joe and even for a Democrat. The transpsychosis in this country has reached a fever pitch, and at this rate, Real women won't have much of anything left in this country, and it's not just sports and bathrooms. Now it's sororities, too. Before I get into this next story, I want to start with the definition of a sorority. A society for female students in a university or college, typically for social purposes. Well, apparently the Kappa Kappa Gamma Sisterhood hasn't looked that one up recently, as they allowed a bio-man to join said sisterhood at the University of Wyoming. Well, seven past and present sorority members are suing the Kappa Kappa Gamma Sisterhood for its 2022 decision to admit transgender inductee Artemis Langford to the University of Wyoming chapter. These actual women are not seeking damages, they just want an end to this madness and are asserting quite accurately that certain sorority officials have perverted their mission of 150 years to unite women. And why is this a problem, you ask? Well, this bio man is set to live with the women in the sorority house in the coming year. And fun fact, doors to the sorority house's communal bathrooms do not lock, and the primary bathroom on the second floor does not have a private area to disrobe before showering. The lawsuit also alleges this Artemis man often sits and watches the females in the house, which is creepy enough, but it gets worse. The lawsuit alleges he is sexually interested in women and that he has a profile on Tinder through which he seeks to meet Women. Oh, and while watching members enter the sorority house, he had an erection visible through his leggings, the suit says, and other times he just has a pillow on his lap. Well, no freaking duh, because this is a man who is posing as a woman to fulfill his sick perversions and do it under the protected guise of being trans. So to these brave women, I say, sue the pants off the sorority, no pun intended. Why men are so desperately trying to be women in this day and age is mind-boggling, but also not given the fact it's been so celebrated. So my final loser of the week really irks me because I'm a loyal customer of this company and am, in fact, wearing it right now. Rent the Runway, the popular designer clothing rental company, decided to, of course, spotlight a male to advertise the brand. Take a look.
3: Hi, I'm on vacation in Austin, so I ordered a few items to try out from Rent the Runway. Here's a daytime option, and the top is stod, and I was so excited to see that they had it on there. This little number is designed by Esteban Cortazar, and it's giving me flamenco vibes. And it just makes me want to go out dancing with my girlfriends. I love it. Last but not least, this red stod mini is to die for. And I've always loved a high neck, and this is the clear winner in my eyes, so I will be wearing this tonight.
1: I was appalled when I saw this on my feed, but when I looked through the comments, I was pleasantly surprised to see the majority of commenters were equally repulsed. Newsflash to Rent the Runway, making an absolute mockery of the women you're trying to sell memberships to probably ain't the best route. Go woke, go broke. Coming up next, you know and love him as Mike Seaver from the hit 90s show Growing Pains, but he's back in the headlines for Daring to Write and then Read a Book about Love and Values to Children. Kirk Cameron joins me next.
2: What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. That's A N G I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
1: That is true. She did step on me twice and um hit me with a cane. Dry queens, who maybe at one point at one time were just fun and lighthearted entertainers for adult audiences, have now gone militant. Not only do they want to dance for children, they also believe it's their right and even duty to show up at events that have nothing to do with them so as to foist their perversion on the people around them. My next guest knows that all too well as they've shown up to protest the reading of his wholesome children's book. Joining me now is actor, producer, and author of As You Grow, Kirk Cameron. Kirk, it's great to have you.
3: Thank you. Great to be with you, too. Thanks for having me on your show.
1: So I know that you guys had to fight tooth and nail to even get into these story hours because initially they just wanted the drag queens. They didn't want a wholesome children's book. But then when you finally were able to get in, now you got drag queens showing up pretty much everywhere you go. You got to tell my audience about this.
3: Well, I, I did write a children's book. It's called As You Grow. And I wrote this book because we understand that the future belongs to our children and it's our sacred trust to fill them with the values and the virtues that are going to provide for their blessing in the future. And with all of the drag queen story hours across the nation, I wanted to bring my book to public libraries to offer an alternative. And when we were banned and shut down by over 50 of these woke libraries we pushed back and eventually showed up at indianapolis public library where over 2500 parents and children showed up to flood the library saying these are the values that we want love kindness gentleness faithfulness self-control so my question is if you're going to protest my story times with kids and parents who want this Which of those virtues are you protesting? Love, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? I think we could use more of those things in our country right now, don't you?
1: I certainly do and it's really unfortunate the way that this narrative is shaped up in popular culture because if you have a book like yours that teaches all those wonderful values, somehow because you're not a drag queen or somehow because you don't have a drag queen story hour, somehow that makes you anti-gay, anti-trans, every phobe in the book, I don't know whose fault it is that we have made these divisions and these lines in the sand in this country, but I wonder what we do moving forward because I do believe that there are individuals right now that are in this LGBTQ community who are being manipulated, taken advantage of, and I think that they deserve love and understanding as well, but it's become so militant now. I don't know how we bring everybody back together. Is it possible?
3: It's absolutely possible. Uh, history tells us that and and my great uh, map and guidebook uh, for for morality and virtue, family and the future the Bible, the the book that built America tells us that it's absolutely possible. but it's got to start with uh, not blaming other people but recognizing that the family of faith, has been leading the charge since the beginning. And all this deterioration has happened on our watch. If you looked at my marriage and said, Kirk, your marriage is falling apart. It does me no good to blame my wife or to blame my neighbors. I need to say, wait a second, I have responsibility in this. Now, if we want our children to have a culture that we can celebrate that is going to bring us joy, we've got to create that culture, not just sit back on our couches, watching the news, complaining, crying in our Chick-fil-A soup, uh, wishing that it wasn't this way. We need to say, no, it's time to get off the defense. We need to get out of the grandstands, into the arena, get on the offense and begin running the plays that lead to blessing. That's why I'm on the road. That's why I'm visiting libraries. I'm trying to inspire parents to uh, positive action by demonstrating some some bravery and some moral integrity myself and doing something about this. And I'm finding that it's working. Parents are coming out of the woodwork. They're getting involved. And if, if people would like to support us and this movement, Go to bravebooks.com. Uh, you can get my book there. You can get all sorts of great books about good virtues for your kids, warnings against cancel culture, CRT, and communism, among other evils in the world. And bring your kids the hope of a great future and uh, and a re- relationship with God. And uh, you can find that at bravebooks.com.
1: I have a couple of my Fox News colleagues, um, Julie Banderas, Sean Spicer being two. They're also a part of this Brave Brave Books initiative, which is so fantastic and so successful. I want to spread it around the country and around the world to get your message out. I also wonder, going back to Christianity, I'm sure that you've heard about what happened in Nashville at the beginning of the week We had six people in a Christian school slaughtered, three of those people being children under the age of 10 by a trans attacker. Now, the media is going out of their way now, and I'm sure you've seen the headlines, Kirk, to somehow blame Christians and conservatives for this attack and not the trans shooter herself. What have you made of the headlines and your initial thoughts and everything that we're going through here in Nashville?
3: Humanity has a soul problem. We're sin sick. And the only way to heal us is from the inside out. I I don't think it does any good to to blame trans, to blame non-trans. The only trans that is going to give any of us any hope is what we find in uh, the good book of Colossians that says God is the one who has the power to rescue us from the power of darkness we we can see the power of darkness is real in the world and he transfers us into the kingdom of the son of his love and he redeems us out of this 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 crazy world that we create for ourselves and we are we're able to find forgiveness and wholeness and hope and healing and he and he makes us new on the inside so whether you're trans you're not trans What we all need is a transformation by the power of God working in our heart, and that comes through the gospel. I've experienced it. I know it's real, and that's what's going to heal the soul of our nation.
1: Kirk, you spent a lot of your life in entertainment and Hollywood. What is the reaction to those that you've been in this business, this industry with, to your Christianity, to your outspokenness about these values? Is it well-received or, or would we we'd be surprised to know how some of your folks in the industry react?
3: I don't plan my day based on what I think other people uh, are, are, how they're going to react to me. I, I, I plan my day based on saying, God, thank you for keeping my heart beating while I was sleeping last night. Thank you for the air I'm breathing and the opportunity to do good, to amplify what is what is true and what is what is right and especially for children so um you know m- my my senses tell me that there is a real resurgence and revival of goodness truth and beauty even in hollywood we just saw this this movie that came out the jesus revolution i've been part of movies that have Uh, celebrated these good kinds of values. And people come up to me in airports, they come up to me in schools and churches and say, thank you for standing for what's right. This woke agenda is breaking us down as a nation. It's destroying the family, destroying the church, destroying government. We're being infiltrated by an evil virus that is far worse than COVID. Uh, It's called socialism, communism, it's Marxism, it's selfishness, power, greed. And all of us are susceptible to it. And the only cure is when we turn our hearts back to God and begin to to, to walk in friendship with him and love toward one another. And, and that's got to actually have flesh and bones on it. That's got to be us doing these things, not just talking about these things, which is why I'm trying to do my part out on the road, crisscrossing the nation at public libraries, reading my book uh, about biblical wisdom and the fruit of the spirit to anyone. And so, protesters, you're welcome. Please come. I, I would, I would love for you to hear the message that transformed me.
1: I love to hear it. Do you have any plans to come to this neck of the woods, Nashville area, anytime soon? I know you've got a lot of supporters and a lot of fans here.
3: <laughs> well, I love Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Nashville is calling my name, and I hope to be there soon. In fact, in fact, I will be there tomorrow night. And uh, I'm going to be helping out at a, at a Christian school in the Nat- middle, middle Tennessee area. And um, who knows? I may even have a, have a residence there one day.
1: Hey, we would love it. Your message is so important in this country, but especially in Nashville after everything that we've gone through this week. Thank you for taking the time and have a wonderful time here in Music City.
3: Thanks so much. Keep up the great work. God bless you.
1: Appreciate it. God bless you as well. Still ahead, y'all know I loathe TikTok, but the bipartisan legislation on the table to ban it is also very concerning. I've got Florida Congresswoman Kat Kamek here next with All You Need to Know. Folks, I despise TikTok. Not only do I know it's a Chinese communist spy and surveillance apparatus, I know it's making young Americans dumber. That's just a fact. But I hate to say this, the current bipartisan legislation on the table to ban it also gives me cause for pause. The bill itself essentially gives the U.S. government carte blanche to control and go after any and everything bureaucrats deem a national security risk. It's essentially the Patriot Act for the Internet. And after reading it, I'm deeply troubled. Can you all just go after TikTok? Doing me now with her taking all of it is Florida Republican Congresswoman Kat Kamick. Congresswoman, it's so great to have you. Hey, good to be back. So I know that you've talked a lot about TikTok. You refer to it as digital fentanyl. And I don't disagree with you, by the way. I agree with you wholeheartedly. My audience knows how much I despise TikTok. But the bill to ban it has been given a lot of conservatives a little bit of a cause for pause. It feels less about a ban on TikTok and more like an infringement and free reign for the government to do as they please. So you got to tell me what's going on with this and what we need to know.
0: Well, listen, like you, I have the exact same concerns, and in all of my testimony before the CEO, uh, in in all of my interviews, everything that I've done in the way of talking about this issue, I've been very cognizant to be careful about the word banning because it's a very slippery, slippery slope when we talk about government picking winners and losers, first and foremost, and going after a private enterprise. Now, step back for just one second. You have to remember that TikTok is a subsidiary wholly owned by ByteDance, which is an extension of the CCP. They are required by Chinese law to have members of the Politburo sit on their board of directors and they serve in the highest levels of senior management. So the Chinese Communist Party has full access to our data, despite the fact that they claim that, no, that's not happening. It actually is. In fact, they've gone after American journalists who are writing questionable pieces about TikTok. So we know that they're siphoning off our biometric data, tracking our keystrokes. We know that they're going after our geolocations. And then they have a behavioral algorithm. Like I said, it's digital fentanyl. It's designed to basically keep your eyes on the screen while they pilfer through your phone. But what we have to do as legislators is make sure that we're preventing that national security risk while also simultaneously protecting the First Amendment, which is for speech, and the Fourth Amendment from warrantless data collection that is happening. I have the same beef with other social media companies like Meta and Snapchat, because they also take your data, but then they turn around and sell it. It's a little bit different than what TikTok does. They're not selling your data. They're using it for nefarious wartime purposes, But no matter what, we have to take action. And I think that there is a way we can do this without creating the Patriot Act 2.0.
1: There's also been a lot of discussion about just simply acquiring TikTok and maybe Mm -hmm. Oracle acquiring it, other companies maybe acquiring it, moving the servers and the data to the United States so it's more manageable. Is that a viable solution? I know that TikTok itself has really pushed back against that, saying that it wouldn't solve any of our concerns or problems. But is that option still on the table?
0: I think China answered that question for us. You know, China, one hour before the hearing where the CEO of TikTok came before my my committee, Energy and Commerce, to testify, they made a statement out of their Politburo, their propaganda arm. And then their minister of foreign affairs said China will not tolerate a sale of TikTok to Americans. And so it's pretty clear that they're saying the quiet part out loud. This is a wholly owned aspect of their their espionage uh complex. So China will never allow that to happen. So any any talk about Americans purchasing TikTok and and divesting from China, mainland China will never let that happen because this tracks exactly along the line of what uh, Chairman Xi Jinping had laid out going all the way back to 2013 in in producing short form video that uh, amplified Chinese voices that targeted alternative countries and territories. This all goes back to their acquisition of Musical.ly. So this has been a long time plan for the CCP. And with regard to Project Texas, where Oracle would come in and kind of be that firewall, even Oracle isn't 100% convinced that they can maintain the robust standards that are required to keep the CCP out. I think we need to focus more broadly on a larger national data privacy piece of legislation that will hold all social media companies accountable and that will prevent that warrantless data collection and subsequent sale of our data.
1: So where does that leave us then with getting TikTok out? I mean, that'd be great if we could hold them accountable. But as you've already mentioned, China's not going to play ball here. So it's, it's very hard for the average American to understand how you can just ban it without going after free speech and, and content and the internet and making this a Patriot Act? Is there a way to almost surgically go in and say, this is just a TikTok thing. We don't want the Chinese communists infiltrating our phones. Is that possible with this bureaucracy?
0: You know, under this administration, I'm not sure if they're up to the task, because what this would require is really us going through the CFIUS process, you know, the foreign investment that is taking place with TikTok in the United States. I think that there's a way we can do it. Um, I think we're seeing states putting efforts in across college campuses. We've already banned this on government devices I think that there's a fundamental misunderstanding of how the tech actually works, and people keep saying, oh, you're prohibiting my First Amendment speech. No one wants to do that. If you want to sit around all day and eat bonbons and watch dancing videos, that's your prerogative. But you know what? If you're compromising national security, you should be held accountable for that. And so I think with the CCP, we've got to play some hardball. I think that there is a way we can do this, but an outright ban the way that it's written in some of this legislation, it's a no-go for me.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you. What would you say to those, especially young people out there that love TikTok that say, Mm -hmm. I don't care if the communists are watching what I'm doing online. I I don't care if they see my videos of me cooking chicken and NyQuil, whatever other stupid crap I'm doing on TikTok. That doesn't bother me. I've got nothing to hide because that's the argument I hear from young people all the time in reference to TikTok. What do you tell them?
0: Uh, Well, you know, and again, that's their prerogative. That's their First Amendment right to put anything out there. And as long as it's not infringing on others' rights, God bless you. And I will protect that right. However, you may not care today, but in years from now, when you are in your late teens, early 20s, and maybe you want to join the military, or maybe you want to join federal service, or get a security clearance, Keep in mind that the CCP now owns all of your biometric data, your financial data, your network, who you're connected to, who you communicate with, how and when. You are compromised as far as it relates to being involved in those types of activities. And so that's something we have to consider as this next generation of men and women join our armed services. Are they going to be compromised by the CCP This was highlighted precisely when India banned TikTok nationally and they asked for the data back. The CCP said no, they were going to use that data in case of war. That's pretty terrifying. So even though you may not have concerns today, you definitely will have concerns tomorrow. And as it relates to all the ridiculous challenges, I think that parents need to have more of a role in having some safeguards in there. It was highlighted that they had a video up that was a direct death threat to the chairwoman of our committee. It had been up there violating their own community guidelines for over 41 days. If they can't follow their own community guidelines, do I expect them to follow US law? No. So I think it's just something people need to use a little bit of common sense. And besides, everybody takes those TikToks and put them on Reel on Instagram anyway. So just use the Reels.
1: (laughs) I agree with you. Some people love their TikTok. I am not a fan of anybody over at Meta or Instagram or Google or YouTube, but I feel a little bit safer knowing that there are some safeguards in place to keep those big tech companies accountable. Thank you for everything that you're doing and also for speaking up about some of the concerns that a lot of conservatives are having right now about this potential ban. And thank you for always standing up for freedom. Congresswoman, we appreciate you being with us. I appreciate it. Have a good one. You as well. Coming up, the media is running cover for the Rainbow Mafia, but here in Nashville, Tennessee, we demand the release of the Trans Shooters Manifesto. My final thoughts are next. The media runs cover for big government, big tech, big pharma, and now Big Rainbow. But this is Nashville, Tennessee, and we don't play like that. Release the manifesto. It's time for Final Thoughts. It's been three days since a trans attacker shot up Covenant Christian School right here in Nashville, killing six, including three kids under 10. The police response was lightning fast, and so was the release of the shooter's identity and the body cam footage of the takedown. Within the day, we knew the firearms used, the shooter's map and plan, all of it. But that's where the transparency has stopped, because Nashville officials, likely pressured by outside forces, have yet to release the trans shooter's manifesto. One the Metro Nashville police chief has referenced as being evidence it was a targeted attack against that Christian school. A targeted attack by a bio-she-her who identified as a he-him. It's not hard to fill in the blanks, but we shouldn't have to. Our officials should be forthright and forthcoming with this motive behind the heinous attack. And why wouldn't they be? Is it because those who ate a bed and put the Rainbow Mafia on a pedestal don't want the world to know the truth? that this trans-terrorist targeted conservative Christians in an act of pure vengeance? Here in Nashville, we know what the hell this was. But if you only watch the mainstream media and are without a brain or original thought, you'd likely think it was we Christians or Christian conservatives who shot up a school. From the same political party that lambast Florida governor's Parental Rights and Education Act as the supposed don't say gay bill, well, why won't you say gay now or more accurately trans? Because every recent mass shooter that's penned a manifesto has had that manifesto released. And guess what? Even if they happen to be white or a Trump supporter or whatever, we on this side of the political divide haven't protested it because we don't stand up for the monsters that may lurk within our movement. We root them out and we condemn them. So why can't y'all? Why have you spent all week covering for a trans killer? Why? You say trans people are being targeted? You squawk about that every damn day, but what about Christians? I mean, hell, look at this heinous post from Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs, now former press secretary. She felt comfortable posting that because this rainbow crowd feels untouchable now, like no one can criticize anything about that radical movement or else be labeled a bigot or a homophobe or transphobe or whatever phobe you deceptively call us this week. The trans community as a whole is not responsible for what happened on Monday in Nashville, just as Trump supporters as a whole are not responsible for the events of January 6th. But at least we can call out our own and have an honest conversation about it. We want transparency. You don't. Honestly, it feels like transparency is the only trans this crowd doesn't blindly cheer for. So Nashville officials, stop bowing to the pressure and release the manifesto. You don't answer to the Rainbow Mafia. You answer to the parents, students, and community members of Nashville, Tennessee. And we will continue to put the heat on you until you do it. Bet on that. Those are my final thoughts. Be sure to catch me tonight from New York City on Hannity at 9 p.m. Eastern from Nashville. God bless and take care.